You are listening to the Catholic Christianity Podcast with Deacon Peter Pelican. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to episode six of Catholic Christianity. If you haven't already, we'd love you to like and subscribe on our various channels. We're on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, your favorite podcast platform, and also our website, catholicchristianity.org. In this first series, we've been looking at reasons to believe. Are there sound reasons to believe in the Catholic faith? We've looked at whether it's reasonable to think that there can be my truth and your truth and they can be different. We've looked at the question of has science disproved religion? We've looked at reasons to believe in God. And in our last two episodes, we've looked specifically at scripture. The first we looked at is the Bible reliable and trustworthy and authentic? And we look specifically at the Gospels to discover that there are indeed sound reasons to take Scripture seriously. In our last episode, we looked at what is the big story of Scripture and we discovered a God who loves humanity. And we see in Scripture just this story of God continually reaching out to draw humanity into relationship with himself and also to restore relationship between humans, that this world might be a world of peace, of faith, of hope and of love. One of the things that scripture talks about, uh, particularly in the New Testament, is we read in the gospels that Jesus rose from the dead. Now, is that true? Is that reasonable? And is there evidence to believe that Jesus rose from the dead? In this episode, we're going to examine this question. <clears throat> Did Jesus rise from the dead? Is there evidence to support this? And does it matter? Is the resurrection of Jesus actually important for the Catholic tradition, for our belief system? If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, doesn't does it matter? Now, this question is important because what we find is... Uh, people actually aren't sure, and even amongst the Christian tradition, uh, those who identify as Christian aren't sure. McCrindle Research uh, did a survey in Australia not too long ago, and they asked the question, you know, do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? 28% of people said, we don't know. 12.8 said it's unlikely. 15.8 said Jesus did not rise from the dead. 19.7% said, oh, well, it's, it's possible. And 23.6% of those surveyed said, yes, Jesus rose from the dead. Now, that's an interesting statistic because if 23.6% of Australians said, yes, Jesus did rise from the dead, but 53% of Australians are saying, at least at the 2016 census, that they identify as Christian, then less than half of the Christians in Australia are confident that Jesus actually rose from the dead. So this is an important question uh, for Christians, for Catholics, but it's also a, an important question beyond the Christian tradition because other religions do not um, assert that Jesus rose from the dead. All other world religions, uh, in, well, most recognize Jesus as an important historical figure, um, as a prophet to some extent, but not that he rose from the dead. So. First, we'll look at, is this question is important? Does, it, does the resurrection of Jesus matter to Catholic theology? And secondly, we'll look at evidence and reasons to believe in the physical resurrection of Jesus. All right, here we go. Does the resurrection matter? Well, as I mentioned a minute ago, 
the Christian tradition is the only one that asserts that Jesus actually rose from the dead. But does it matter? Well, the answer is yes. St. Paul tells us in Romans 8 that if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Now what that tells you basically is that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, he did not defeat death. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, Christians can't expect to rise from the dead. This whole concept of the afterlife, of a relationship with God in heaven, of being raised um, into an eternal resurrection is dependent on the idea and on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, in the Christian tradition at least, that recognizes that Jesus is God incarnate, he's fully God and fully man, then if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then God is dead. So the whole Christian tradition is undermined if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. In the Catechism, we see the same thing said, and the Catechism quotes St. Paul in Article 651, where it says, If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. The Catechism goes on, The resurrection above all constitutes the confirmation of all Christ's works and teaching. All truths, even those most inaccessible by human reason, find their justification if Christ, by his resurrection, has given the definitive proof of his divine authority which he had promised. So St. Paul and the, the Catechism is telling us that the resurrection is absolutely essential and that it confirms the works and teachings of Jesus Christ. The resurrection, therefore, is absolutely essential to Catholic theology, and if it's not true, the whole system of belief is undermined. Now, another way to think about the importance of the resurrection regards Jesus' credibility. Let me explain this. If, if you want to learn how to play guitar, who do you talk to? You find someone who knows how to play guitar, who's been there, who's done it, who's been playing for a long time, and they can show you how to do it. If you want to learn how to change the oil in your car, you find someone who knows how to do it, who can teach you. You find a mechanical, you watch a YouTube clip of some guy who knows how to change the oil, or some girl. If you want to know what happens after you die, who do you talk to? Well, typically we say it's not possible because you can't talk to someone who's died, but here's the thing. Jesus dies for three days and rises from the dead. If we want to know something about the afterlife, if we want to know something about eternity, something about life beyond death, it makes sense to ask someone who's been there. And that person is Jesus. So Jesus' resurrection not only guarantees the resurrection of all those who, are part, who believe in him, who are part of the, the faith, who have been baptized into his death and resurrection, but it also gives Jesus a certain credibility to speak about life beyond death. So is the resurrection important? Absolutely, it is important. Now, let's look at the evidence. Is it reasonable to believe that Jesus rose from the dead, or is this just Christian propaganda? Now, the, uh, the church teaches very clearly that when we talk about the resurrection, we're not talking about a spiritual resurrection or a metaphor 
um, of resurrection, we're talking about a historical fact. Article 639 in the Catechism states, the mystery of Christ's resurrection is a real event with manifestations that were historically verified as the New Testament bears witness. So we're talking about a real event, a real person who's fully God and who's fully man and who actually physically rises from the dead. Is that true? Well, of course, like anything, there are skeptics and skeptics have made up explanations for the resurrection. And these include that the whole thing was an elaborate hoax. And some of the hoax theories include that the disciples stole the body, uh, that Jesus didn't actually die on the cross. He just nearly died, but then he came good after a few days. And another is that the disciples hallucinated and just all saw a risen Christ, but that was a spiritual resurrection, not a physical one. And then there's just taking scripture as it is written and accepting that actually the resurrection of Christ is a historical fact. So what we're going to do in these next few moments is explore those theories, um, the skeptical theories, to examine whether they are in themselves reasonable. So let's imagine for a moment that the resurrection of Christ is an elaborate hoax. That is to say, it was just fabricated by the disciples and followers um, for reasons of God knows why, uh, power, tell an interesting story or whatever. Now, if that were true, there are some strange things, some confusions that wouldn't quite make sense. The first thing that would be highly unusual if the resurrection is a hoax is that in the Gospels we find that it's women who are the first people to find Jesus alive and find the empty tomb. If you understand the first century context, it was a time where there wasn't equality with men and women to the point where women were not even allowed to testify in court. A woman's testimony in the first century in Palestine was not valid. Now, if you were going to create a hoax about that you wanted everyone to believe, in the first century, you certainly would not begin with female witnesses. The other fact that raises questions about this uh, hoax theory is the empty tomb. Now, of course, the empty tomb can be explained as well by disciples stealing the body. But the empty tomb is reported in scripture, but it's also reported in extra biblical sources as well. So we've got this unusual thing. If it's hoax, well, there's an empty tomb and women are the first ones reported, which is an unusual thing to do if you're making up a story. Okay, so let's look now at these specific hoax theories. First of all, the disciples stealing the body. If you know scripture and you know the story of Jesus' arrest and the, the passion narrative, his death and resurrection, you see when Jesus gets arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and what you find is the disciples scatter they are scared, they're freaked out, they all run from the scene other than Peter, and then Peter sort of follows a bit and then he denies Jesus three times. These at this moment, these men are not courageous. They're not willing to kind of stand up and be counted. They, they just, they realise that their life is at stake and they abandon ship. Now when Jesus was then uh, placed in the tomb, the Romans um, put a seal on the tomb and so the... the uh, tomb was protected by Roman guards and the, the breaking of the seal was punishable by execution. So if the disciples were to steal the body, were to break the seal of the tomb, um, break the Roman seal, they were risking execution. 
Now that seems a very unlikely thing for these guys to do when they've been completely scattered when Jesus was arrested. And also considering that they hadn't quite understood that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. So when Jesus died, the disciples were astonished and disappointed and depressed and wondered about their future. And they hadn't quite understood that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. So what reason would they have then to go and steal the body? So this idea, the, the theory that the disciples stole the body is an unlikely one for a whole lot of reasons. Now let's examine this theory of Jesus swooning, the idea that Jesus nearly died but didn't actually die. This theory, it always reminds me of that scene in um, The Princess Bride, you know, where uh, they think that Wesley is dead and the, 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 uh, the doctor says, he's not dead, he's just three quarters dead. Um, and she sort of resurrects this three quarters dead person. That's the swooning theory, right? So here's Jesus, nearly dead, but not fully dead. Now, this is an unusual theory and one that doesn't make total sense as well for a couple of reasons, but primarily because we read in St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 8, that a group of over 500 people saw the risen Christ. Um, if I just quote from the text, it says, I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, to Peter, Cephas, then to the twelve and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Now here's these people believing in Jesus Christ as their saviour, as their hope, as hope of humanity. It seems unlikely with so many witnesses that they would have this bold faith in a God who saves through Jesus Christ and state that Jesus defeated death, but he's still recovering. Jesus defeats death, but he's still recovering. Is this a God that you can place your faith in, your trust in? It's an unlikely thing to think, you know, Many, many people have had near-death experiences or have had very serious physical ailments and, and come through them at the end. And people celebrate that and it's always a wonder when people recover well. Um, but it's not a reason to believe in the supernatural or to place your faith in someone you know, or in something or to think that some kind of um, supernatural event has happened to the point where it's going to change your life and mine. But clearly this was the case with those 500 witnesses. They believed wholeheartedly in a physical resurrection. So the swooning theory doesn't make sense because of the response of the early Christians who were there, who could see it going on, but who placed their faith in Christ. Now we look to this uh, theory of the disciples hallucinating. So it was just a spiritual um, resurrection. This is unusual and unlikely, primarily because hallucinations are usually not corporate hallucinations. You know, if you uh, take some, some substances and you hallucinate, you don't tend to have the same hallucination as someone else. And if you have 500 people um, all on the same substance and they're all having hallucination, they will all have different hallucinations. And so when Jesus physically appears to over 500 people, it's very difficult to put that down to a hallucination.
It just doesn't make sense. Now, if you want to say, well, it was just a physical, uh, just a spiritual resurrection, and so Jesus sort of came back to us as a as a, a ghost, if you like, as a kind of floating spirit who looks like Jesus, um, but is not physically resurrected. This then quite creates questions when we read the, the story of St. Thomas in um, John chapter 20, verse 25 to 28. If you know the story of Doubting Thomas, he, uh, you know, he says he doesn't believe in the resurrection and he says to the other disciples, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hands in his side, I will not believe. So Thomas is the classic skeptic and many of us can relate to his experience. Uh, and then we read a week later, the disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands reaching out his hand. Thomas put it in Jesus' side. And Jesus said, do not doubt, but believe. So again, that account makes no sense if Jesus' resurrection was just spiritual. Now, one of the most compelling arguments for the resurrection, uh, the final acid test, if you like. Now, think about what an acid test is. If you put acid on something, it strips everything away until there's only a kind of substance that can withstand the acid. So it removes anything soft, if you like. And so if you've got someone asserting a resurrection physically, how do you put that acid test on it? How do you push hard to see whether that's actually true? Well, the acid test was very extreme in the first century, and that was that if you preached Jesus Christ and you preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you would die for it. And what we find is that in the early church, but even in the, um, the book of Acts, we, we see many apostles, and in fact, around 11 out of 12, well, 10 out of the original 12, with the exception of John, um, who was exiled, all were tortured and executed for preaching in the resurrection. Um, John, who I mentioned a minute ago, he wasn't executed, but he was boiled in oil and all kinds of things as well. He was tortured. Now, if you were there and you were a disciple and you see Jesus die and see him risen from the dead, then and you preach this, fine, right? But if someone says to you, if you've made this up, and you've decided you're going to preach something that you know is not true, and you're going to claim that Jesus physically rose from the dead when he didn't. And the Romans and others are saying to you, if you preach this, I will kill you. If you know it's not true, you're going to go, okay, it's not true, right? You're going to back down. Nobody is going to give their life for something they know is a lie. And so one of the most compelling arguments for the resurrection is simply that the disciples themselves preached it with passion, preached it in, in such a manner that it cost them their lives. And if they knew it wasn't true, this made no sense at all. They did not need to do that. They could have backed down, but they didn't. The other question, and I think this is an important one for skeptics, is what did disciples have to gain by preaching the resurrected, the resurrected Jesus? What did the disciples have to gain by preaching the resurrected Jesus if they knew it was not true. What does anyone have to gain by preaching the resurrected Jesus if it's not true? It's not gonna change anybody's life. Nobody has, uh, particularly in the first century, people were not getting rich for preaching the gospel, right? People were losing their lives for it. 
So there was nothing to gain, and if they knew it wasn't true, it made no sense of their behavior. So, in conclusion, what we find is, first of all, the resurrection is very important for the Catholic tradition. If it's true, it supports all of Jesus' works and teachings, and it gives credibility to those. If it's false, the whole Christian tradition is undermined. I'm wasting my time, and so are you by listening. So the resurrection is absolutely essential to Christian theology. It is our hope for the future because Jesus rose from the dead that we as baptized Christians or baptized into Christ's death will rise with him into eternity. So it's super important and it's essential to the Christian tradition, but we want to know that it's true. And what we find is that there are good and sound reasons to believe in the physical resurrection of Jesus. When we examined those hoax theories, we found that those theories create more problems than they solve. Each one has issues. If it's a hoax, well, why are there women finding Jesus first uh, when women's testimony was not valid? Uh, how do the disciples all of a sudden get the boldness to risk execution to break the Roman seal and steal the body? How can 500 people have the same hallucination of a risen Christ? How does Thomas place his hand into the, the uh, wounds on Jesus' um, body if Jesus is just a spirit? Why do the disciples preach and lose their lives to preach the resurrection if they knew that it was false? The evidence of the story itself, even the accidental evidence, points towards the fact that it is a reasonable thing to believe that Jesus physically rose from the dead. Now, in all of these talks, we like to give a challenge, a challenge, a, a kind of a so what. What does this mean for you and I? Uh, what application does it have? What implications does it have for us? Well, I gave that little illustration about the credibility that the resurrection gives to Jesus. That is, when you are, you know, if you want to learn guitar, you ask someone who knows how to play guitar. If you want to know about life after death, talk to someone who's been there. The one person we have who's been there and come back is Jesus. Now, why is that important? Well, maybe there's grounds to take Jesus seriously, to actually listen to what he's saying. Listen to what he says about humanity, about life, about the world, about God. Maybe there's something we can learn from his words and from what it is that Jesus teaches. So the proof of the resurrection should, if anything, inspire us and challenge us to take Jesus seriously, to listen to what he has to say and think about how it applies to us. If Jesus' resurrection is true, it's not just good news, it is great news because then Jesus becomes the hope of humanity. He makes eternity possible for us all because it's the same spirit that raises Jesus from the dead that we as human beings here 2,000 years later can receive in order that we may also be raised from the dead. I'll finish this talk by quoting St. Paul. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17, St. Paul says, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. He goes on in verse 20, he says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, and we talked about that in the last episode with Adam and Eve and the fall, 
death entered through one human being, the resurrection of the dead also came through one human being, Jesus. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. The resurrection is great news. The resurrection is hope for humanity. Thanks for listening. We would love it if you liked and subscribed to our channel and we look forward to seeing you in episode seven, signing out.